I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, tis the season for finales, cancellations, and musical sitcoms with the broadcast networks. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I'll review Melissa McCarthy's new movie, Life of the Party. Plus... The Survivor finale is coming up, and for the first time in years, I don't care. First, it's the news... From the couch. There cannot be peace without first a great suffering. The greater the suffering, the greater the peace. The end you've always feared is coming. It's coming. And the blood will be on your hands. A new trailer for this summer's Mission Impossible movie was released this week. There's a bunch of gobbledygook as far as the plot goes, and then a lot of action. This is the CIA's mission. You use a scalpel. I prefer a hammer. This is a bad idea. Is it ever a good one? Honestly. Tom Cruise has a couple of lines in the trailer, but not many. He didn't in the teaser either. It's kind of curious. But we do get a lot of shots of him running, which is why we buy the tickets. Dude knows how to run on film. Henry Cavill is the government bad guy muscle in this, and since he's Superman, it's pretty convincing. He's not just some observer. He's an assassin. I don't trust anybody outside of this room. You go rogue, he's been authorized to hunt you down and kill you. That's the job. No hard feelings. Which way, Benji? Turn left! Go, 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 go! What are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window! Oh, sorry. Good luck. For a part six, this looks awfully entertaining. Like Fast and the Furious, the Mission Impossible series had a rebirth midway through the series with Ghost Protocol. A lot of familiar faces are back, including Ving Rhames, Rebecca Ferguson, Michelle Monaghan, Sean Harris, Simon Pegg, and Alec Baldwin. Along with Cavill, Angela Bassett is new to the cast. Mission Impossible Fallout opens July 27th. Accept it, Ethan. You've lost this one once done is done. What's done is done when we say it's done. Showtime. Oh my god. Your house is a fine little house, Jack. Are you allowed to speak along the way? I was thinking there might be rules. Let me put it this way. Very few make it all the way without uttering a word. But do carry on merrily. Just don't believe you're going to tell me something I haven't heard before. That is from a movie that caused over a hundred people to walk out at Cannes Film Festival. It's called The House That Jack Built. It stars Matt Dillon and is directed by Lars von Trier. It's been called Too Intense, Disgusting, Vile, Vomitive. I like that one. And like spending two hours in hell, among many other things. Matt Dillon at first seems like a nice guy who picks up Uma Thurman on the side of the road when she needs help. That was maybe a mistake. What was maybe a mistake? Me getting in this car with you. You might as well be a serial killer. Sorry, but you do kind of look like one.
Then he hits her in the face with the tire jack, and uh, she doesn't do so well. Neither do a whole bunch of other people in the film, because he is, in fact, a serial killer. If you feel like screaming, I definitely think that you should. While 100 people walked out, those who stayed to the end gave it a standing ovation. The Danish director is known for making dark films. I'm told movies like Melancholia and Dancer in the Dark are super depressing. Now he's got a violent comedy about a serial killer. Some people claim that the atrocities we commit in our fiction are those inner desires which we cannot commit in our controlled civilization. So they are expressed instead through our art. I don't agree. I believe heaven and hell are one and the same. The soul belongs to heaven and the body to hell. Its initial release date in the director's homeland of Denmark is November 29th. I'll admit I'm curious to see what the fuss is about regarding the house that Jack built. The old cathedrals often have sublime artworks hidden away in the darkest corners for only God to see. The same goes for murder. We got our first look this week as Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury in the biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. So now what? Uh, this is when the operatic section comes in. Oh. The operatic section, yeah. Mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. The, te- the teaser trailer doesn't have a lot to listen to, at least not dialogue-wise. It does have some cool mashups of Queen songs, but we get to see what we can expect from Rami Malek as Mercury. It looks pretty spot-on, at least if you take his eyes out of the equation. Mr. Robot fans know Malek has distinct eyes, and even if they match Mercury's, I think we'd still think Malek. Nevertheless, it does look like he'll have no trouble selling his overall performance. Bohemian Rhapsody chronicles the band's rise and fall, culminating in their 1985 Live Aid performance, which sparked a big come back before Mercury died. Bohemian Rhapsody comes out November 2nd. It goes on forever, six bloody minutes. I pity your wife if you think six minutes is forever. intriguing. That's from a Red Band movie trailer that is indeed very intriguing. It's for a movie called Sorry to Bother You, which is getting excellent reviews. I'm just out here surviving, and what I'm doing right now won't even matter. Baby, baby, it will always matter. (gasps) You said you fixed that. Get a room. I got a room, motherfucker. Sorry to Bother You stars Lakeith Stanfield. 
who, as you just heard there, lives in a garage. One of the stars, by the way, of last year's hit movie Get Out and the acclaimed FX show Atlanta. His co-star is Tessa Thompson, who was most recently in Annihilation with Natalie Portman, and before that, Thor Ragnarok. Terry Crews is in it, too. Hey, Cash, how much longer I gotta wait for my money? God made this land for all of us. Greedy people like you wanna hog it to yourself and your family and- Me and my family? Yeah. Cash is, I'm your fucking uncle. Sorry to Bother You is set in an alternate present-day Oakland, focusing on Stanfield's character Cassius Green, who's having a tough time getting by. I just really need a job. This is telemarketing. Stick to the script. Hello? Oh, this is Cassius Green. Sorry to bother you. I, I just wanted to make... You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice? Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. That was Danny Glover in that clip. Thankfully, Cassius discovers the magical key to professional success courtesy of Glover's advice. Was that Visa or MasterCard? We go level it up! You're going upstairs, my compadre. Okay, bravo. You don't have to sell out. I'm not selling out. Here's the starting salary. Well, man, I'm gonna have to get me some new suits. With success, though, come big changes, and it's not looking like they're good ones for Cassius. One of the reviews calls Sorry to Bother You weaponized hilarity. Never heard that kind of description before, so I'm sold. It opens July 6th. Hey. I'm doing something I'm really good at. Holla, holla, holla. Cassius, the old you was way more interesting. You are rolling with the big dogs now. Greetings, Cassius Green. I hope you did not match today. We need you sharp and ready to go. More news from the couch in a moment, including a rom-com starring The One and The One Who Made Funny Faces at the SAG Awards. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're going to continue now with our news from the couch. Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder have the opposite of a meet-cute at the airport in the trailer for a movie called Destination Wedding. That's a nice dress. Thank you. I like your jacket. Thanks. I hope our flight's on time. Oh, it is. Great. I'm sorry, what was that? What? You just took a step forward there. I did. Yeah, you did. You know you did. And what's funny is there's no way you can board first because the only way you could board first is if you have a special need. Do you have a special need? Yes. I need to be over there. It's a comedy about two people who hate each other but are stuck with each other, at least for the weekend. What brings you to Paso Robles? I'm going to that destination wedding. Please don't tell me it's Keith and Nance. So we're just the people you don't know where to stick? You might as well just stick us together. I don't want to be a person you don't know where to stick. Destination wedding is presumptuous. They're in a fool's paradise. Don't you believe there's someone for everyone? Close. I believe that there's nobody for anyone. It's becoming apparent why no one else wants to hang out with them at this wedding. They're miserable, but at least they have each other. Understand how even after Keith did what he did to you, you can possibly still be mooning over him. Because you're a monkey who doesn't understand the human condition. Having met you, I understand why it's a condition. 
I'm not wearing anything under my pajamas. Why would you? They're so alluring. <gasps> what is that? I think it's a mountain lion. Could it be a jaguar? What difference does it make? A cougar, maybe? This looks like a really weird, quirky movie, and I'm all in. For years, Keanu was your favorite actor, Brett. Not really. Come I just, on. I no, like no, The no, Matrix. No, the Matrix, I know. But now I think he's my favorite actor. Oh, John Wick. Yeah, and this. And uh, he's making all sorts of fun decisions as his career goes along. Right now, Destination Wedding is slated for a limited release beginning in late August. How do you not install a pathway? The heels won't make it. Can you carry me, please? What? This is the slowest I've ever been carried. Uh, you gotta be quiet. You know, the most important thing in this job is knowing you can trust the guy next to you. No one does it alone. Sylvester Stallone is back in the highly anticipated sequel... Escape Plan 2 Hades? Yeah, that's right. They made a sequel for 2013's Escape Plan, which stars Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger as guys who had a breakout of the escape-proof prison known as The Tomb. Now he needs to break into a prison. One of my men is missing. He's in a prison called Hades. Hades is described as a computerized techno-terror battle maze. In order to break in, save his friend, and make it out alive, he's gonna need a hand. What makes you think he's there? His cousin Yushang was put on some kind of hit list. Then we gotta go in. Get him out. I have this acquaintance friend of mine. Big guy. I want in. And we made a plan. Sounds for me. Some of Stallone's co-stars are Dave Bautista, that's the big guy he was talking about, and Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent. I sure hope you know what you're doing. I like working from the inside out. No layout. No routine. And you have help. You're the only one that can help get him out. This is bigger than any one of us. The first escape plan didn't really do anything domestically with only 25 million, but its worldwide total was 137 million, so I guess that's enough to call for a sequel. But it's not being released in theaters. It will debut on Blu-ray, DVD, digital, and on demand on June 29th. Let's finish your right. Three, two, one. Time is up. Hey, Breslin, good to be back? No, it's bad to be back. Scintillating dialogue is always for Stallone. <laughs> he should be, uh, all his energy should be going into honing his craft for uh, Creed 2. Yeah, Come that's on. true. I mean, when he when he focuses on the boxing movies yeah. and really buckles down, he does good work. Exactly. Uh, that, but that line kind of goes up with bang, down, owned. Oh, yeah, from bullet to the head. Bullet to the head. <laughs> uh, very quickly, let's look at what's coming to home video. What's the first one? Game night. Tonight, we're going to take game night up a notch. Yes! Oh, no, he died! 
Baby, hand me those matches. I'm about to burn this door down. You're gonna light a fire in a windowless room that we're trapped in. Well, it's only gonna be dangerous until the door burns down. <laughs> what the? Oh, it's so much blood. You're gonna have to take the bullet out. A squeaky toy. For the pain. Rated R, February 23rd. It's coming out on Blu-ray DVD Tuesday, May 22nd, starring Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, and um, Jesse Plemons steals the movie. It's hilarious. Also on Blu-ray DVD, Red Sparrow, starring Jennifer Lawrence, and Clint Eastwood's 1517 to Paris, which apparently is just terrible. I might actually watch that this week. And on digital HD, we have also Red Sparrow, The Strangers, Pray at Night, a horror movie. Lousy. Death Wish, starring Bruce Willis, also lousy. And Annihilation, starring Natalie Portman, which uh, some sci-fi nerds say is terrific up next brooklyn 99 gets canceled and then uncanceled what and fox brings back <coughs> there that's that's the best way to say it you're listening to the couch potatoes i'm brett he's jeff we are the couch potatoes lots happening on tv this week may sweeps comes to an end in the middle of the week so there are a bunch of season finales also as the networks got ready to roll out their new lineups and did roll out their new lineups they canceled a bunch of shows and we talked last week about the fact that Brooklyn Nine-Nine had been canceled by Fox. Yep. Unfortunately, we got to bring you on. This is a situation where we have to invite you behind the curtain. Yeah. We, we record this show <laughs> on Thursday nights because it is syndicated across Canada. So it gets distributed to the network so that it can air on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, by the time the show went to air on Friday in one of the markets... Brooklyn Nine-Nine had already been resurrected yeah. by NBC. 24 hours, not even, by the, oh, usually what happens is we record the show, go home, open up Twitter and find out a bunch of new news that happened Thursday <laughs> night that won't, that is, you know, conspicuously absent from the broadcast. Yeah. So this time we're like, oh, all right, at least it sucks that they canceled it, but at least they did it, you know, at one in the afternoon so we could get it on. And then before it aired, they'd already been brought back by NBC. Yeah. So... That's why if you heard the Couch Potatoes last week and were wondering, why are they talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine being canceled and dead in the water? Yeah, I heard that it was coming back. That's a pretty miraculous uh, turnaround, though, for a show to be canceled and then resurrected. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's actually owned by NBC Universal, is it not? I believe so, because I did read a quote from the head honcho at NBC saying that they had... He, as soon as they found out years ago that Andy Samberg was going to be cast, they, he immediately regretted that they had passed on it okay. and sold it to Fox or whatever. Yeah. So they were glad to get it back. Okay. So, whole bunch of canceled shows this week. Why don't we go through the list? Let's start with uh, what CBS did. They uh, gave the boot to Scorpion after four seasons, Superior Donuts. Uh, me, myself, and I, they canceled that before Christmas, actually. I was watching that one. Yep. Kevin Can Wait. Oh, no. That one got the X. Too bad. And 9JKL. So there you go. A bunch of garbage uh, sitcoms plus Scorpion. Scorpion was a f- did fairly well for CBS. Yeah. So that's kind of a surprise. Could be just because creatively, like the show had an interesting gimmick with its team of geniuses. If you're not familiar with Scorpion, it, it focuses on four geniuses, super geniuses, and uh, the 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 T one thousand from Terminator two who plays like the FBI guy or whatever, and right. uh, they they solve crimes that can only be solved by the smartest people on the planet. But after four seasons of creative crimes, how do you deal with that? Also, uh, the CBS cop shows do well, and if your cop show on CBS doesn't do very well, your leash is a lot shorter than on other channels. Kevin can wait as a, was a big surprise because I thought that they had a lot invested in Kevin James, and after the fiasco where they. Yeah. Killed off the wife so they could bring back 
uh, what's her name from the Scientology land? I'm forgetting her name. Leah Remini. Thank you. Uh, then, they, of course, they were previously a couple in The King of Queens. Yeah, so this is uh, kind of a shock, but good riddance because that show sucked. <laughs> Over on ABC, your boy Kiefer's gone. Two seasons of Designated Survivor, that is done. Hopefully that means he can come back to 24! <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? Shows keep coming back. They brought it back once before. Why not do it again? Yep. Three seasons of the beautiful FBI agents over at Quantico. Is that the one? That's the, the one. one. Yeah. Sexy FBI agents. <laughs> They're done. So is uh, Deception, Alex Inc., and The Crossing. Those are all new shows, and honestly, this is the first I've ever heard of them. <laughs> On NBC, two seasons of Taken is all you get. Uh, bad news for great news. That's gone after one. One season of The Brave was enough for NBC, as was one season of Rise. And on Fox, as we mentioned, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing, which is moving to NBC, as it turns out. The last man on Earth after four seasons. That's a bummer. That one's going to stick in my craw for a while. Two seasons of The Mick, The Exorcist, and three seasons of Lucifer. Did you watch Lucifer? I, that sounds familiar to me. You know what? I did watch Lucifer for, I want to say, two and a half seasons, because up until this week, in fact, I suddenly had nine episodes of it piled up, mm. and it was one of those shows. It was canceled. it was the garbage show of all the stuff that I watch. Because mm-hmm. I've said uh, many times, like I try to watch shows that I think are are either really good or yeah. just really fun. Yeah, and Lucifer is kind of fun because Tom Ellis. The, the guy who plays Lucifer is awesome. Okay. He's so charismatic. He's funny. But the rest of the characters are idiots, and the writing is stupid, <laughs> and I've gonna, just grown to hate them all. Are you going to watch the rest of yours, or are you just going to blow them up? No, I blew, you know what? I blew it out uh, before I even found out it had been Lucifer canceled. is officially in the rear view. And over at the CW, they have rid themselves of life sentence and valor after one season apiece. Yeah. Now, on Fox, uh, also on the X... Ex- I was sad that they canceled The Exorcist. That was a show that that sat on the bubble for months because it aired in the fall, I guess, of 2016. And months and months went by. Yep. Looked like it was going to get canceled, but they surprisingly brought it back. And I really liked I really liked the first season. And I, I, pretty, I quite enjoyed season two. And they were building towards a fairly big story. I think they had like a, a potential for a five-season arc. But it was not a good performer, even on a Friday night. That kind of show sort of does well in the fall uh, on Friday nights, but it wasn't good enough. And also of note, Sci-Fi. Can't remember if we mentioned this last week. I'll just mention it again. I don't think we did. Sci-Fi canceled one of my top ten favorite shows from the last two years. And it will likely make the list for a third year. Talking about The Expanse here in Canada, it airs on Space on Wednesday nights. I think there are four episodes left in this season. Thankfully, it's being shopped around. Lucifer, I believe, is also being shopped around. The Expanse, I can see that getting picked up because it doesn't have a huge following, but it has a very devoted following because it's one of those smart sci-fi shows. People have compared it to uh, Battlestar Galactica or Babylon 5. Uh, the, The initial description, which I've often referred to, it's like Game of Thrones in space, which I still think is a fitting description. It's got excellent visual effects for a TV show. It's just really cool, so hopefully someone picks it up. So you're losing one of your fades in The Expanse. I'm losing one of mine in Last Man on Earth. And yeah, I think you probably got a better shot of yours coming back. I don't know, some weird channel or some website might pick up Will Forte's thing, I would hope, but we'll see. And then Fox is resurrecting something from the dead, the Tim Allen show that was on ABC, Last Man Standing. Yeah. What is... When I read the headline, uh, I thought it meant that they were bringing back Last Man on Earth. Yeah. And then it kind of hit me like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. They're, They're... when did that show get canceled? Like last 
early last year. I Something think. like that. I can't even remember. And yeah, and because I mean, you know, no offense if you watch it, I've never met anyone who's watched it. Yeah. I, I tried to watch. I watched about ten minutes of it once and couldn't watch any more of it. So that's kind of that's, it's 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 bad enough that they get rid of some of our favorite shows and then to bring something like that back. And I guess they're doing it because Roseanne, you know. Yeah. So, but I mean, come on, you got to. 20 years of space in between it. Yeah, and, and, and no one has nostalgia for this Tim Allen show. Uh, well, who knows? Uh, that was never a hit. They did get rid. Another reason why they cleared out some of their other comedies, uh, like The Last Man on Earth, Mick, Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, is because they're making room for football. Because right. they're, I think they get they're getting the Thursday night football, so they're making room on their broadcast schedule for that. Uh, by, I guess, unloading some of their weaker performers. Hey, uh, we got a couple of minutes here. Let's just quickly run down some season finales for this week, the final week of May Sweeps. On Sunday, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, NCIS, Cool J, that's on Global. Uh, That's NCIS LA, by the way. The Simpsons, also on Global. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the Fox finale on Sunday before it makes its switch to NBC. Family Guy, Bob's Burgers. Madam Secretary, uh, what's on Monday, May 21st? Dancing with the Stars, The Voice, Finale Part 1, Man with a Plan, American Idol, and The Terror. Ooh, I got, I got one episode behind on The Terror. Been Same loving here. That. Yeah, on AMC. That. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you for watching it, by the way, because oh, it is sure. kind of scary There was times. one really gross thing a couple episodes back with... Uh, the monster thing eating a guy that's like, ugh, I couldn't watch it. Yeah. Tuesday, May 22nd, uh, NCIS, that's also on Global. Oh, uh, Man with a Plan, by the way, that's a global show too. Uh, the Flash, The Flash, Roseanne, The Middle, uh, that's a series finale right on, on ABC. And then the finale, the the, fin- the part two finale of The Voice, I said that completely backwards, Splitting Up Together, never even heard of that show, that's on ABC, I think, and For the People, that's another ABC show uh, that is wrapping up for the year, and then finally on Wednesday, May 23rd, Krypton, Star, Law and Order, SVU, Empire, and then on Global as well, Survivor, the big finale, you said you don't care who wins? No, I, I, you know what? I'm three episodes behind. Oh, yeah. And I have no desire to watch because all the people that I was cheering for are gone. I just, I don't know. This has been, to me, a really boring season. And I feel like if I waste it, if I spend another minute on it, I'm just wasting my time. What do you think? <laughs> it has not been their best season at all. Uh, I am invested in it because the guy I have in the pool I'm in is, uh, he's... This guy, I, he's going to the final three, and he if, if or if he can make it to the final three or two, he is a lock to win. Cool. Uh, okay, so that is Wednesday, May twenty third, is the end of May sweeps. Another Fox comedy that uh, has recently said goodbye for good Ugh. is New Girl. It's That's the cast from when I broke my penis. Ah! Baby looks so beautiful. I am so high. (laughs) Okay, this is already too much. In my head, it wasn't this annoying. The one-hour New Girl series finale, Tuesday on Fox. One of our favorite sitcoms of the decade came to an end this past week. For seven seasons, we hung out with Jess, Nick, Schmidt, Cece, and Winston in the loft. Had a lot of crazy laughs. This show, more than any other, uh, is the one where every single week I'd have to rewind to watch some joke over and over and over again. I will definitely miss that. The New Girl finale kind of snuck up on me. It aired on Tuesday. I didn't even realize until Wednesday that it had happened. It was uh, sitting on my PVR. I was busy 
busy Tuesday night, so maybe that's why I didn't notice. This abbreviated eight-episode final season felt very strange, usually even in these circumstances, like Parks and Rec, which also had an abbreviated final season, also set three years in the future, also largely burned off with two episodes each week. I could get into it and enjoy the show on an episode-by-episode basis until the finale, but this season of New Girl all felt like one very long final episode, and I was sort of bummed out the whole time. I guess, you know, they really did resolve everything they needed to resolve at the end of last year. There were a few speed bumps for the gang this year, but nothing that was ever made me thought for a second that it was in danger of upsetting their lives in a major way. And then this week's finale put a nice little bow on everything. I, you know, I may even have teared up again at the end. Well, not the very end, because the final two minutes were the kind of insane thing that in a way that only New Girl could really do properly a sort of a heartfelt moment that is undercut by sheer lunacy yet you still feel the underlying heartfelt of it all so I, I really really liked how <laughs> the last five minutes how they went out with the shows it was a good finale but I'm definitely gonna miss New Girl I always look forward to that every week I still had a few episodes of New Girl from last season piled up because yeah. I didn't I didn't complete my last summer's mission of getting through the four sitcoms that I watched the right. Modern Family Brooklyn Nine Nine, New Girl, and Life in Pieces. I just uh, a couple of weeks ago cut ties with Life in Pieces because Goodbye. I had I think, 25 episodes of that piled up, so I just <laughs> deleted them all. New Girl, I think I had five episodes left from last season, and especially after what you've just said, I need to make this a priority because binge I, weekend, just go burn through them all. We had uh, a long weekend here, man. Well, I, I you know what, I, I have a hard time binging comedy because it, it all sort of starts to blend together. Yeah. For me, for some reason, I, I can take one or two episodes at a time, especially New Girl, because I love it, but it, I don't know, I, I don't want to say it gets on my nerves. Anyway, I, I, I'm going to miss it too. So thank you for giving me the motivation to get on with yeah. it. Up next is Melissa McCarthy, The Life of the Party. Jeff will tell you, you're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and I saw a movie I wasn't super pumped about going into, but left with a smile on my face. Turns out Melissa McCarthy really is the life of the party. I don't regret staying at home and being your mom, but I regret not getting my degree. That's why somebody's mom just enrolled in college. I'm referring to myself. I'll see you around the quad. Nobody says that, Mom. Well, bring it back. McCarthy plays a divorced mom who goes back to college. I think those dads just checked you out. Like just looking at my smock, it tends to catch the light. Mom, you're a college girl now, and we gotta make some changes. No, we don't know where that's been. Oh god, it's full of hair. Come on, let me at it. No! Oh god, no! What are you, 20? Okay, I'm 21. Okay. Life of the Party is directed by McCarthy's real life husband, Ben Falcone. They also co wrote the movie. They had a memorable scene together in Bridesmaids. He was the air marshal on the plane, if you're trying to figure out who he is. And it's not the first time they've teamed up on a movie. They also made Tammy in 2014 and The Boss in 2016 which are two of her absolute worst movies. She's very funny, but they have not been able to connect on a project the way she has with Paul Feig, who made Bridesmaids, The Heat, Spy, and her Ghostbusters. Until now, now, Life of the Party is by no means her best movie. Honestly, those other four I just mentioned are. She has edge in those. In The Heat, she's downright hostile a lot of the time, and she's hilarious. In Life of the Party, she's nice from beginning to end. They did it on purpose because 
Not a lot of movies have main characters like that, and certainly not a lot of Melissa McCarthy movies. It falls sort of flat at first, though, at least that's what I thought. It does gather steam as it goes, and while it is a mainstream Hollywood movie that carries a lot of the trappings and cliches you would expect, there are some surprises. For one thing, her daughter isn't really mortified by her mere presence at the college, as you might expect. Even when mom is doing mom things that are supposed to be lame to the characters in the movie and funny to us, mom doesn't take a lot of heat for it. They're are some mean girls in the college, but that's just it. They're mean girls. We're never on their side for a moment, and even when they get to comeuppance, it's less about McCarthy straight up beating them than it is about all sides sort of coming together. So McCarthy and Falcone go a long way to not have this be a a revenge movie or something so cynical, which I think is actually an admirable pursuit. The woman who stole her husband, Modern Family's Julie Bowen, is, I guess, the true villain, but again, she and the ex-husband are clearly dirtbags from the jump. That you're more relieved that McCarthy got away from him. She's much better off on her own and it doesn't take the whole movie to show us that. There are a couple of standout scenes and moments. The one that everyone I think will be talking about is the scene in which McCarthy has to make a presentation in class. She does not do well with public speaking, which is always entertaining to watch. The other is a reveal midway through the movie that may in fact be the best twist at the movies this year. It is just perfect, and you'll know when it happens because my my case when I saw it, the whole audience gasped and then screamed with laughter. There are a lot of colorful characters populating the university. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Most of them did grow on me as the movie went along. Also, Maya Rudolph is in it as McCarthy's best friend. She steals a lot of the scenes she's in, as you would expect. Again, a bit of a slow burner. It's certainly not breaking new ground or an instant classic, I don't think. But it mostly won me over by the end. I don't think you need to rush to see it in theaters. Down the road, though, if you're at home trying to decide on a movie, Life of the Party makes for a pretty fun evening. I'll give it three coach cushions out of five. It occurred to me while you were reading this review that I did see Bridesmaids, Mm -hmm. but I have not seen The Heat. I have not seen Spy. I've not seen Ghostbusters. I've not seen Tammy. I, apparently, I, I don't see Melissa McCarthy movies. <laughs> you know what? You'll like the Spy is good. Jason Statham is hilarious in it. Yes. He steals a lot of the scenes. And uh, The Heat is, that might, that's a top 20 all-time comedy. Wow. That's all the time we have. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You'll get it first if you get the podcast on Google Play. And on iTunes, I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.